Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday. It is August 28th. I am your host, Jared Mintz. And despite NFL preseason takes, McGregor looking better than anyone could have realistically expected against Mayweather and other baseball madness. The biggest story in my sports world, of course, comes from the NBA. It's crazy that in the summer that's seen Chris Paul, Paul George, and Jimmy Butler get traded, the biggest summer blockbuster trade took place last week when Kyrie Irving's trade request was granted as the four-time All-Star was sent to conference rival Boston for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, the Brooklyn Nets' first-round pick in 2018, which is still highly likely to be a top-five pick if not higher, and 2016 first-round pick Ante Zizic. Sure, Woj tweeted this weekend that the Cavs plan to seek an additional asset to complete the deal after Isaiah Thomas's physical revealed his hip issues were worse than perceived, but it looks like this trade's going to happen. To help me discuss this mega deal and the change landscape in the Eastern Conference, I wanted to bring on Justin Rowan, host of the Chase Down podcast with Carter Rodriguez and contributor for SB Nation Cavs blog Fear the Sword, as well as Real Ball Insiders and Press Basketball. Justin could be found on Twitter at Cavs Anada. Justin, what's it like living in a post-Kyrie Cavs world? Um, <laughs> it's as weird as it was before, um, especially with the news that um, the, the deal may fall apart. Uh, I, I still think it's likely that Kyrie's going to end up a Celtic at the end of the day. Um, but the, the team's obviously going to try to look for an additional asset there. Uh, but it's strange, uh, assuming that the deal goes through somewhat similar to what we've seen. Um, I, I think it puts the Cavs in a pretty decent position for this year, where uh, if they take a step back, it's not too significant of one, and it gives them a little bit more of a future when you talk about adding that Brooklyn Nets pick. Sure, that that's really what it seems like, and I mean, it, it seems like a good package to get back for Kyrie. Not sure how much better they could have done, but... We'll get into that shortly. We'll talk more about the trade, how the East looks, how you felt about Kyrie's tenure as a Cav, and and where to go from now. But first, when we have guests on the show, we allow our listenership to get a little more comfortable with them by doing five rapid-fire questions. Justin, you ready to roll with these? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, number one's a good one, I think. Who's your favorite sports fan base to troll on Twitter? Probably Raptors. They they have the most fun with it. Now, is that because of your location, or is that because their fans yeah, are just? Yeah, that that's probably a big part of it. <laughs> yeah, they, they they seem to be the fan base that always questions, "What about my team? Why are you always crapping on my guys?" and and all of that fun stuff. Right. There's always really easy things that you can kind of poke apart there, and they're not really much of a threat to beat you at any <laughs> point. So it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, to do, but they're they're not bad enough that they're hopeless. So it's right in that sweet spot. Where do Warriors fans rank on this list of trollable fan bases for you? I like Warriors fans, honestly. It's they, they can be a little exhausting at times, but overall they're they're so similar to Cavs fans um, that it's kind of like arguing with yourself. It's definitely. <laughs> It's like the Spider-Man meme, pretty much. <laughs> that's awesome. That That's probably my favorite meme out right now. Uh, next question. Who is the most famous person you've ever met? Seeing them somewhere and not speaking to them can also qualify here for meeting them. I guess I'll go with LeBron. I guess. No big deal. LeBron who? <laughs> that That's awesome. Where Where did you meet LeBron? Uh, locker room. <laughs> 
wow, this guy with his credentials and his big deal, I didn't even realize I was getting getting somebody of that stature on the show today. Jeez, man. <laughs> it was a one-time thing, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. That, that's a, um, he, He's an intimidating person. I bet. He's man. a very large human being. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Beyond everything else. That, that's awesome. That is a great story. All right, let's switch it up. Let's go to non-sports. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of funny television show characters? Oh, my God, that's good. Um, George Costanza uh, is the, uh, the first that pops to my head. I mean, I just absolutely love Seinfeld. Um, ooh, for characters, eh? Yeah. Um, man, you got me off guard. Uh, I'm going to go Charlie, Always Sunny as well. Um, just way too many laughs there. I know it's a tough one. This is something you got to think about. It's not really rapid fire, but I know you have really good taste in funny shows, so I thought this would be a good one for you. I almost like want to pull like one from each show um, <laughs> that I really do like. Um, right now, I really love uh, You're the Worst as well. Yes, man. Uh, yes, yes. I love that show. I don't know. Uh, can we get back to that? Maybe I'll uh, marinate with that a little bit. We'll, we'll wrap that question up before we finish the show. Okay, no problem. All right, let's move on. You know, I mentioned before your location possibly being a reason you like to troll Raptors fans. Justin, what's your least favorite stereotype that Americans have about Canada? Ooh, I don't know. I find most of them pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm being perfectly honest, um, most of them crack me up. Um, My least favorite would be that we all live very close to Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I just feel like everyone's like, oh, yeah, so you, you've been to Toronto a lot, right? And no, no, like, <laughs> I get that that's the major city and all, but uh, pretty far away from it. I think it'd be about a 25-hour drive for me. Jeez, yeah. Not all Americans live in New York, so I would not expect all uh, Canadian people to live in Toronto. That's a bad one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> But it's a persistent one, that's for sure. That's cool, man. I'll never bring that up. Last question. This is a big one. I want a really big, big, hot, scorching take. What is the most overrated thing in the world? Ooh. If I'm going to go scorching take, Return of the Mac. Oh, no. The conversation's over. Podcast is over. Thank you guys for <laughs> thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Jamin's Hoops. Wow, Return of the Mac. Is that like you just think it's a crappy song? I mean, where? No, I, I just, I just think it's overrated. I like, I, I don't even hate the song. But if we want to go the hottest take that I have, I got, it, it's that Return of the Mac is overrated. That's that's awesome. That's probably going to be the title of this podcast episode. But uh, no, nah, I dig it, man. You brought the heat. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> all right, you know, I, I wanted to get you on the show because again. This big trade happens last week. I, as a Knicks fan, of course, we get dragged into every possible trade, even though we have nothing to do with anybody that matters in the NBA. But, you know, I was holding my breath until a Kyrie trade was official, and it's not official, but it looks like it's getting closer. Justin, what was your first reaction when you heard about the trade? Um, Panic. Uh, Originally, I I thought it was going to be Isaiah Thomas and maybe Crowder or, or the pick. Um, I, I didn't think this large of a return was really going to be something that was possible. Um, I, I really think that they did well to cover themselves with short-term assets as well as long-term assets. Um, so once the actual details ended up coming out where it was the Brooklyn pick unprotected, um, 
I, I felt a lot better, and I, I really didn't feel like there was a better return that was possible. Right. I mean, you know, the rumors that had been floating from Woj over the last couple of weeks were they were looking for a young player that they could build around, you know, and, and more assets. And here you go. You get a pick that's I think it's going to be a top five pick, if not higher. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's still likely to go number one. I, I understand that people are the Nets have become a team that we like because it looks like, you know, they're they're trying to put together players and it's not going to just be a G League roster. You know, I don't know that the Allen Crab trade moves a needle, but people sure reacted like it did. So I, I think that, that, that that's a great get to get. I mean, we don't know what Zizic is going to be yet, but Boston people seem pretty high on him. Uh, I, I think that that's a, that's a really good good comeback for them too. a, a good haul in for Kyrie, who, you know, a, a player that young, that good, it's almost immeasurable his value. So you, you did get back guys that could help now, guys that could help down the down the road a little bit. Before we talk more about that, did you think that a Kyrie trade was going to happen? And how did it make you feel when, you know, it kind of became clear that he wanted out of Cleveland? Um, uh, originally, it wasn't something that I expected. It was, would have been something that I would have absolutely, like, just dreaded. Um, but as it became clear that um, he, he was going to demand a trade and that uh, keeping him wasn't really an option, um, at that point, it, it, I'm glad there was such an extended period of time before the trade actually went through because having kind of that month to marinate with it uh, really, really, really helped things out. And um, by the time it was done, uh it was almost mentally like he, he wasn't part of the team anymore, so it was a little easier to handle. You know, with, with that said, Kyrie is, is a guy who comes in as the first pick. You win a championship with him. He's 25 years old still. I mean, I don't mean to pry here, but how did it feel to have a guy who you thought is going to be a franchise guy, hopefully be there for 15, 20 years, you know, kind of just come out and, and request a trade? How, how, how does it feel to lose a player who you thought was going to be the franchise guy? Uh, it, it certainly is gut-wrenching. I mean, a large part of me really anticipated him being with the Cavs for uh, an extended period of time, especially after winning a title there. It, it kind of seemed like they would hold on to him. And uh, with the new contracts and the way the CBA works, you figured that you'd be able to sign him at least to one more contract, if not for the rest of his career. Um, but his motivations are understandable. Um, so as disappointing as it is as a fan, uh, you can kind of see where he's coming from. Um, you, you've, we've had a, a lot of LeBron here <laughs> in Cleveland, and it, it, it takes a toll. Like it, It's not always fun. Uh, it's a bit of a drag throughout the season. Um, when things are going well, he gets all the credit. And when things go poorly, it's typically put on the other players. So... It's something that I definitely understood, and as unfortunate as it is, um, I think it is good that he did, in fact, kind of bring that up to the attention of the organization. He didn't wait. He didn't pout. Uh, he, he played hard while he was here, and unfortunately, they weren't able to work it out. I'm, I'm glad you put it like that, you know, because it sounds like you're able to be objective about this, which, you know, I was hoping for objectivity. I was hoping for a little emotion out of you during this, too, because it's it's hard. It's hard to lose a player who you've invested emotionally into, who you've thought about a future with, and who you've seen win a championship, and you wonder, well, what's he going to be able to do when he's able to carry more of the load? And here we are. We're unable to see that. With that said, I mean, will Kyrie be remembered fairly for his time in Cleveland? You know, bringing up how he gets the blame when the team doesn't do well, and when they do well, he doesn't get the credit. 
Do you feel he was kind of misperceived, mistreated here? I, I don't think necessarily by the fan base. I, I think the fan base is going to remember him fondly. He's always going to be the player that uh, gave hope after the decision. He was a big part. His talent was a big part of why uh, LeBron felt confident in coming back to Cleveland. It was a big part of the poll. Um, and then, of course, he hit the shot. So um, I think in the long run, his jersey is going to be retired and he, he's going to go down as one of the most fondly remembered members of the team. Um, but depending on what he does for the rest of his career, it's really kind of going to color how people on the outside perceive him. Uh, I, I think he has the ability to prove a lot of people wrong and, and be very successful in Boston. Uh, but you, you never know. Um, there's, there's been so many changes, so many different systems he's gone through. Maybe some of the outside criticism was more fair than uh, Cavs fans even realized. But ultimately, what he ends up doing is going to come down to basically his drive because he has all the talent in the world. It just comes down to decision-making and dedication. For sure. And yeah, we're going to really get to see you know him with the ball in his hands and him taking on to extents, Isaiah Thomas's usage in Boston last season, which was crazy. I mean, I know that the Celtics added Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum should be carrying a little bit more of the scoring load. It'll be a different team. Uh, same thing with Cleveland. And obviously, we'll, we'll get to the Cavs in a moment. But do you think that this trade closes the gap between Boston and Cleveland in the Eastern Conference? Uh, it depends what the other moves are. Because um, at this point, I still feel like there's a fairly significant gap there. Uh, the health of Isaiah Thomas is obviously going to be a factor. The, the Cavs are going to need him to be uh, at least at like 70-80% if they want to get by the Celtics. Um, but it does give Boston a realistic chance at beating the Cavs in a series. Um, I, I don't know if it's a super high percentage, but before I don't believe that was the case at all. So um, it certainly does narrow the gap to some extent. Sure. So, I mean, you do think then that this makes them, this makes Boston a little bit closer than it did, you know, even a week ago when we're looking at a team that now has Hayward added to the fold and more depth than they have this week. You, you think that Kyrie helps them out here? Yeah, I, I believe so. That's I, I think in the short term, it does help them. That's fair. Uh, I mean, I don't really want to talk too much more about Boston. You're, you're more of a Cleveland guy, so I'd like to, you know, utilize your time here to talk more about what you think about this Cavs team coming up this year. And before we can get into that, I mean, I think the big question looming over the team, and I'm not really expecting you to have an answer, but just wondering what your gut tells you, is this the last year of LeBron in Cleveland? I, I think I think they're still the front runner to retain him, um, but him leaving is a very realistic possibility. Um, I, I think the Cavs acquiring that Brooklyn pick is a really big deal. Uh, they also gain the ability to trade their own first-round pick, um, just because they were prevented from doing so by the step-in rule. But if, if they're able to make a couple other moves here, they're, they're still in a race for Carmelo Anthony with uh, Houston. So being able to trade their own draft pick might give them the edge right now, uh, as long as it remains a two-team bidding war. And the Knicks seem motivated to move them. So um, as long as you can beat Houston's offer, you have a really good shot at them. Um, but beyond that, I mean, it's really hard to figure out what the decision-making for LeBron is going to be because it's been so unpredictable in the past. Uh, so while I still feel that they're the favorite to retain him, you have to kind of make room in your mind for, for him possibly leaving. 
Do you think that the Ky- Kyrie trade moved the needle in either direction with regards to LeBron leaving? Um, I think it probably hurt his chances of staying. Um, I, I think the Kyrie trade is a little bit of a result of the dysfunction in the front office. And as a result of that, it also hurts LeBron's trust in the front office and the organization. So it definitely increased the likelihood that he's going to leave. Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned it. I, I think a lot of this is front office related, which is that really is that Dan Gilbert shittiness? I mean, is it more than yep. that? That's yeah, it's, it's that simple. It's pretty much that simple. Yeah, I mean, Knicks fan here, I, I know what terrible ownership looks like and how that trickles down into the front office. But I mean, you have to think that LeBron kind of knew that's what he was getting back into when he came back to Cleveland. Do you think this was, was this really just about getting in and winning a championship and then being like, all right, I made a mistake, I'm out, I got my championship? Or do you think this is just, he really wanted it to work and it just keeps being proven that it can't? Uh, I I think he definitely wanted it to work. Um, I I think one of the major factors was um, Dan Gilbert, said that he wasn't going to cut corners that that was a big part of the pitch to LeBron to bring him back to Cleveland and I think this year you started to see him cut some corners uh they they didn't acquire a backup point guard until mid-February um not retaining David Griffin and and having a dispute over money there as well as control I I think all of those things are kind of a breaking of promises promises that were made to bring him back into the city of Cleveland. So um, I, I think that all has a negative effect. And uh, as much as LeBron wants it to work, and I think he's going to continue to try to make it work, um, all of those factors need to be taken into consideration. Sure, sure. If this is it for LeBron in Cleveland, do you think they go all, go all in on rebuilding? Or do you think, you know, an Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson core keeps them in contention in the East moving past LeBron years? Um, I, I think they would rebuild. I, I don't think they have a huge intention of re-signing Isaiah Thomas, even if LeBron stays, um, unless they can kind of get him on a Kyle Lowry deal where no other team wants to pay him, and he just ends up deciding to take a, a shorter deal, maybe for, for the money he wants. Uh, if they can reach an agreement like that, I can see him staying. Um, but I, I can also see them exploring other options. If, if LeBron is willing to commit long-term, that might change what they do with the Brooklyn pick. Um, but I, I think overall it's not going to change their approach too much. If he does leave, they, you have an asset in Kevin Love. You could pair him with Jay Crowder, let Thomas walk, and then hopefully you, you get a top pick in the draft and, and the lottery odds are in their favor once again. Um, but... Yeah, I, I, I don't see them trying to remain competitive if LeBron does leave. Yeah, and I mean, when, when they made this trade or when I heard of this trade with Boston, you know, the thought was, oh, and Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Love reunion, they were friends when they were younger, you know, they, they grew up in the same area, played AAU together. I'm sure the picture has been seen by everybody who, who knows enough about basketball of, I think, 15-year-old Kevin Love and Isaiah Thomas stand next to each other. Uh, I didn't know if maybe this was a move of, we're going to lose Kyrie, but we're going to keep Isaiah, and we're going to be able to control his contract moving forward. I mean, again, we, we know the Cavs have front office problems, but I, I still can't help but wonder if maybe that core of Thompson, Love, Thomas, and Jay Crowder is good enough to keep them in the top four in the East. Combine that with the fact that you're going to get you know a high-quality player in next year's draft. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but at the same time, young players do take a long time to, to right. get going. I mean, even if you look at a best-case scenario like Carl Anthony Towns, it takes a long time for those players to figure out what it takes to actually win in the NBA beyond their own individual production. Um, so I, I don't know how helpful that player would be. And especially with the 2019 draft also being very, very loaded at, at the top of the draft, um, I, I think the, the Cavs would look for kind of a quick turnaround there in liquidating whatever assets they have. They already have a top pick that would help them sell tickets. And then hopefully you can pair two of those guys together for core for the future. Sure, sure. Well, with that said, let's let's kind of talk a little bit more about this upcoming season. You know, it looks like the roster is pretty close to set if this trade happens. You know, we're unsure what else is going to be added. Of course, an Amon Shumpert rumor is coming out that, that he wants to be traded too. What are your predictions for the Cavs heading into this season? Um, I, I don't know. Like the Amon Shumpert thing is interesting because the Cavs can't just move him for the sake of moving him. Uh, I think both parties want to kind of move on from that. Um, but Shumpert's needed if they want to match salary in any big deal. Like if they want to make a trade for Carmel- Carmelo Anthony, you need to have Amon Shumpert. Otherwise, you start moving a lot of players that are important pieces to the franchise. Um, so what ends up happening there will be interesting, but I, I don't think they dump Shumpert just for the sake of shump, uh, dumping him. Sure, yeah, I, I wouldn't think so either. And that, that's a really good point about his contract. I mean, he's still on the books for another three years, $30 million, which, you know, in all likeliness, the, the Cavs roster... Two years, two years left. Oh, is it, last year was... Old, oh, okay. Good for you yeah, guys. And he's got a uh, player option as well. So he there could is. theoretically opt out. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but I mean, his contract is so valuable to them. What, who else would you see them moving on from this season if, if they were to make a trade? I mean, it was suggested even that the, the Cavs, prior to the, the hip injury stuff, um, would consider even flipping Isaiah Thomas prior to the season. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them move him at some point uh, to, to try to get a point guard that does fit better um, from a defensive standpoint. Because uh, Isaiah Thomas is a really great player, and he helped the Cavs a lot in the regular season. But in a matchup against the Warriors, how he would fit in that really, really is unclear at this time. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I mean, and of course, that's what the Cavs are building for here. It's about how do we compete with the Warriors? What is the best five that we can keep on the floor with them? And I mean, Isaiah is not making up for any defensive effort that you lose with Kyrie. He's feasibly a worse defender. I mean, I think Kyrie looked a lot more impressive against Golden State defensively than we could imagine Isaiah would. Uh, with that said, if, if they do trade Isaiah, I mean, where where's the rest of the scoring coming from on this team? Do you think you think they'll be able to maintain, you know, a similar offensive pace that they had the last couple of years? Um, I, I think they're going to be able to maintain a similar pace. I, I really hope they do try to integrate Kevin Love more into this situation. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot deeper team this year, um, not just from this trade, but they, they've added some pieces that, that are hungry, that are, are looking to prove their spot in the league. Uh, having Derrick Rose as the backup point guard instead of Amon Shumpert, it, as much as Rose's regressed, that that still is an upgrade, at least from what they had at the start of last season. Um, so I, I think they're going to be able to maintain a lot of what they did. 
Um, especially having Kyle Korver for a full year and, and all the other shooters, I, I think they're going to be able to make up a lot of the offense just because of LeBron's ability to elevate those supporting players. Um, but I, I think the ceiling is capped a little bit in comparison to where it was with Kyrie. But overall, I, I would be surprised if they weren't in the top three, four uh, offensive teams this year. Yep, I, I completely agree with you. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, it comes down to do I have LeBron? Yes, great. Then we're going to be we're going to have a top offense in the league and we're going to be one of the better teams in the league. You still expecting them to run the Eastern Conference and get back to the finals? I'd say at this point, they're, they're still a favorite. Um, I, I still think they have the, the best roster in the East. Um, as much as he's aged, I think they're going to add uh, Dwayne Wade and he'll be able to give something positive to the team. Um, and LeBron just, as long as he has enough supporting cast, which I, I still think he does, um, it, it really is hard to picture him not getting by these teams in the East. Besides Boston, who do you think presents the biggest threat to them in the East? Washington. Washington has, has a lot of length. Uh, John Wall is someone that's really tough to contain. Um, they, they play a style that gives the Cavs trouble in the past. And I just think that they're a more realistic threat than uh, Toronto is. Fair, fair. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the Eastern Conference this season. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of the same guys near the top. Objectively, it'll be interesting to see if Boston can take that next step after winning the Eastern Conference, you know, regular season last year and adding the guys they've added. I'm also interested in seeing what Milwaukee does this year and hoping that they could stay healthy. They have a really young, fun team. And, of course, your Raptors, since you are the Toronto guy, I mean, are you expecting them to be in the Toronto guy? I just did it. Are you expecting Are you expecting them to be uh, kind of as good as they were last year, any better, or kind of stay, stay in place? Um, I, I think they're a much more unproven team. Uh, they're they're really relying on a lot of um, young guys to to take the next step. Um, a lot of their depth is guys that are e- either in their first or second year. Uh, Norman Powell kind of took a step back last season, and um, wh- whether or not he's able to not only refine the form he had in a, as a rookie, um, but take the next step remains to be seen. Uh, but but overall. Um, they should still be a very good team. I think C.J. Miles is a great fit for them. A full year of Serge Ibaka is going to help. Um, DeMar DeRozan, he, he's still young, and he continues to always improve. So as long as that stays the case, you would assume that uh, the Raptors would be right in it and that uh, they would still be a force to be reckoned with in the East. Sure. Bring, bringing it back to the Cavs. You know, we it's been a lot of fun talking to you about this stuff, and I'm sure it's been a hectic week, but you already have your sights set on Dwayne Wade, so it's clear that life goes <laughs> on for the Cavs and, and Cavs world. What are some things you're looking forward to this season? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they integrate Kevin Love. Um, having him there um, in the past, it, it was tough to maximize him with both LeBron and Kyrie. It just wasn't what's best for the team. Uh, now that Kyrie's gone, it'll be interesting to see if Tyron Lue um, tries to get him going more and really maximizing what he can do because he, he is a special player and now he's the, the basically the youngest guy in the core. So uh, how Love uh, responds to the trade of, from Ky- of Kyrie uh, will be really, really interesting for me. You think he's happy to get to play with his boy Isaiah? I mean, he... 
obviously his first year there, or maybe even his first year and a half, there was malcontent noise. Do you think that that's still a problem with him? Or if it ever was a problem even? for With Isaiah? With Kevin Love. Oh, um, I, I think Kevin Love is just a, he's a weird guy. He's a bit of an introvert. Uh, he, he likes to do his own thing. Um, I think he had issues in the past, but he, above all, he just wanted to be in a winning situation. And um, I, I don't think it, it's too big of an issue. He does have friends on the team, and, and he has got along better. And I think last season, even though he still had some very poor games in the finals, overall he, he did make a, a positive impact and show that he can play against the Warriors. So I, I don't think he's at all an issue in that locker room. Last thing for the Cavs, what is your hottest Cavs take going into the 2017-18 season? Ooh, I don't know how hot it is, um, but that's because I'm, I'm so opinionated on it that it just makes sense. But I don't think I, Isaiah Thomas can really play against the Warriors. Um, I, I think he would have to have a, a relatively small role if he is still on the team. Um, I, I just don't think you can play him against the Warriors starters or the de- or the lot, uh, death line up there. Um, as long as Clay and Steph are on the court, I, I just don't think he can play. Fair makes a lot of sense. We've seen those guys just completely crush non-defenders, and uh, I guess Isaiah Thomas kind of factors into to that demographic of non-defenders. But should be <laughs> should be a fun team. And again, as long as you have LeBron on your team, always going to be a reason to watch and root and have some uh, some success to enjoy. So rooting for you guys this year. I love watching LeBron win, and uh, I mean, if this is the end of LeBron in Cleveland, I can't wait to see how he goes out. I've been reading constantly about how he's in the best shape of his life and he looks like a monster in the weight room. I mean, do, do you take that as being anything different than what he's usually doing? No, I, I think that's more a result of just how damn good the, this Warriors team is. Um, I think he's really motivated to try to beat this because he's never going to have a 6-0 and finals record. Uh, like Jordan did, but he's already beat a 73-win team, and if he can beat the most talented team ever assembled, um, I, I think that's one way that he can kind of solidify his legacy beyond the point that it's already at. Couldn't agree with you more. With that said, I mean, he's at worst a top three player of all time in my book, and uh, I think you're crazy if you have him too far below that. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Last question, I know I keep saying last question, do you think this is really the last year that LeBron can kind of put together a championship effort against this Golden State team? Um, I don't think so. Um, because I think we always make the mistake of assuming longevity uh, in the NBA. Um, I think this is going to be the best Warriors team that we've seen this season. Uh, I, I think with the improved chemistry and the moves that they've made, uh, this is the best version of the Warriors that we're going to see. But after that, all of a sudden you have Clay Thompson and Draymond Green that are in a contract year. You can only keep one of them. Uh, there's been injury concerns for Steph and uh, KD in the past. Um, so I, I just think, assuming that they're going to be able to keep it as is and that opportunities aren't going to come along, um, it, it's just not it's not the way that NBA history has gone. There, there's always been something unexpected. So for that reason, I, I don't think this will be the last true opportunity for him. Maybe in the capacity that he's currently playing in. Uh, but overall, I, I think opportunities will still exist for other teams. Definitely for other teams. Do we think LeBron's next team is a banana boat filled team? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think 
I think that's been a little bit overstated, but who knows? Maybe they're able to get uh, three quarters of the banana boat all together in Cleveland with a possible Carmelo Anthony trade and then the Dwayne Wade buyout. Yeah, I, I don't like that Corey's chances against this Warriors team, but uh, they play the games for a reason, and I'm here for the drama and all the storylines. Wishing you a relatively quiet and relaxed season as a Cavs fan, which I'm sure you're not going to get. But do, no, do no you, chance. <laughs> do you feel trading Kyrie now kind of evens the odds a bit for that, or, or do you think it's only going to get crazier now? Oh, it's only going to get crazier. All right. <laughs> I mean, Isaiah Thomas has had his share of uh, kind of locker room moments and stuff like that. It was a big part of why he was traded from Sacramento and Phoenix. We, we've heard some of that in Boston, but that's kind of, I think that's more just the Celtics slandering a guy on the way out, as they always do. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think anything is normal with a LeBron team. As long as he's there, there's going to be some drama and there's going to be weirdness. Can't wait for the weirdness. Justin, thank you so much, man. This was awesome. I really look forward to talking to you more during the season and getting your Cavs takes. Before I let you go... Last chance had a Mount Rushmore funny TV characters. So far, we got Frank Costanza, and we have Charlie from Always Sunny. Fill it out, no, man. No, George Costanza, not Frank. Frank. I mean, <laughs> you could probably throw Frank on there, too. But Frank, you're... Frank is up there. I mean, <laughs> You're right. My, my bad about that. I do love Frank. But uh, we, we got George Costanza. We got Charlie Kelly. Who's your final two? Ooh, I really should have put more thought into that as we were going. It's all right. You were, bu- uh... you were busy with other stuff. It's okay. It's true. That whole basketball thing, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, God, I, I don't... Oh, Archer. I'm going to go Archer, even though it's an animated show. Um, I, I think that's one of the funniest characters and best-written characters that I, I've had the opportunity to watch. Sure. Um, beyond that, I, I really don't know. I'm going to stick I'm gonna stick to three. All right, fair enough. You got three. I mean, maybe we could just throw Frank Costanza's face on there now to keep it warm until yeah, we figure it out. Or we could just, you could do Larry David and echo, you know, George Costanza in real life, because Larry from Curb is also just outrageous. Yeah, a lot lot of funny TV characters. Archer is great, too. There are so many good characters on that show. Oh, absolutely. All right, Justin, I won't take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Actually, I do have one more question. Did I pronounce your name right when we started? Are you Justin Rowan? Rowan? Rowan. Rowan. All right, Justin Rowan. You can follow Justin Rowan on Twitter at CavsAnada, that's C-A-V-S-A-N-A-D-A. Catch the, the Fear, I'm sorry, catch the Chase Down podcast with Carter Rodriguez. Justin, what network is that on? Uh, that's on the Almighty Baller Network. There it is. Anything else that you'd like to plug, my friend? Uh, no, that's, that's about it. Um, <laughs> it's already a fair amount to plug, but um, yeah, check us out if you're the sword and uh, check us out at the Chase Down podcast. We, we have a pretty good time there and uh, we get feedback from people that aren't even just Cavs fans <laughs> uh, that seem to enjoy it. So uh, hopefully that's the case for anybody listening as well. Awesome. Yeah, you and, you and Carter are two of my favorite Twitter follows. has nothing to even do with Cavs Twitter. Just like you guys, like what you do. Thanks again for taking the time to come on the podcast. You could follow me on Twitter at jmincehoops. Catch my basketball writing at fanregsports.com. Justin, thanks again, man. No problem. Thanks for having me.